It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. And Derek Bell needed to be added to the end of that. Welcome in to Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. Right below us, our boy Derek Bell joining the show for the first time as he recently just joined Pittsburgh Steelers now. Derek, what's going on? What's going on, man? Appreciate y'all having me on. I'm excited about making my my debut uh, on Steelers Afternoon Drive. Been peeping the comments, been watching the show. Y'all y'all been putting out some good stuff, so I'm excited to be here to talk some Steelers football. Absolutely appreciate it. Um, for I listen, the fans, this might if, they know who you are, right? But for anybody that wants to know what can they expect to see within your work, maybe give them a little bit of a brief rundown as to what they can expect. Uh, nerdy football content. I don't know. Is that the is that the easy way to describe it? Uh, no. Nah, I mean, just same thing as as always, man. And for people that maybe haven't followed me on Twitter for a long time, but um, I just I love football. I love talking about like the intricacies of football. So you know, film breakdowns, data analysis, like that's kind of my my vibe. So I'm excited to you know join a really talented team and you know be able to kind of put out some really good content alongside Alan, Nick, the rest of the guys. So, yeah, I'm excited about getting going. Yeah, we're excited to have on. you, man. It's It's been awesome so far. We get your first piece up there at SteelersNow.com. You guys can find it if you look there. And uh, we got some more stuff coming uh, in terms of some announcements to make and, and how this is all going to go forward. But we're super excited to have you, Derek. And uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun, man. I, now, I, I think, um, you know, this, uh, this, this process is – is awesome and and I, I man I just I'm I'm very excited about the football people we have between you and Smitty and me and Nick and just um 
hey, I think we've got I think we've got the secret sauce. I think we've got people that understand football. And I think we've got people that can have some fun with it. And I think that's that's the best part of it. Derek, we're so far away from the draft, my guy, but I was just telling people to like the first episode that we recorded when you came on, I was like, listen, Derek's obviously great with the Steelers, great with football in general, but he's about to go into his bag come draft season. We're a ways away from that, though. Yeah, I'm a sicko in general, but yeah, the draft season is definitely probably when I become the most deranged um, and definitely uh, I lose a lot more sleep during that time more than anything else. But yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited to be a part of the team. And like I I said, kind of in my announcement that's up on the site, um, this is really where I wanted to be. And I just I have such high expectations for, you know, what we can all achieve like as a group. So uh, I'm ready, man. I'm I'm excited. Speaking of sleep, guys, don't worry. Derek didn't just wake up. This is just how he normally is. We don't need those comments coming in like he gets on his personal channel. Yeah. Um, speaking of for, sleeping, I'm 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 hijacking this for a segue. Speaking of sleeping, this is going to be the on segue. the field okay. behind me. <laughs> on the field behind me right now, the Steelers just sleepwalked through their 16th practice of training camp. It's a good thing today was the last day because I think if there was another one like this, Mike Tomlin might have killed some people. Uh, it was. Uh, sloppy, unpadded, half-efforted affair. We didn't see a lot of special teams. I guess we can talk about that. But of the 16 training camp practices this year, this was one of them. Not one of the, the good ones. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if you, know, you were speaking with some hyperbole when you first joined here, but you said this might be the worst practice you've covered since covering the team. <laughs> Uh, it was, I mean, it was very low energy. Let's just say that it was not a spirited affair. Um, you know, normally like when something is happening that all the players aren't involved in, like there's like three other things happening at the same time. Right. So you have like seven on seven. Well, the linemen don't do seven on seven. So the linemen come over here and they're going to do one on ones. And then of course, like the, the kickers aren't linemen or seven on seven. So they're over there kicking to, you know, whatever, like there, there was like a kickoff period where, it was literally just like nine guys standing there waiting for the ball to kick off, and the entire rest of the team was on the bench. <laughs> just like this, nothing is happening right now. So, uh, yeah, it was um, unlike – man, like Mike Tomlin really beat the crap out of these guys this year. Six straight padded practices leading up to this one. They certainly deserved a down day, but it was a noticeably down day. Uh, we talked a lot every single day about seven shots. I mean, is there obviously with the way that you're talking about practice going in general, is there a takeaway at all from seven shots today? They tried about as hard in that as they did in everything else. The defense won uh, mostly just because the offense was not doing very well. It was a couple missed passes. Uh, it was kind of a mess, but it was a, it was a resounding win for the defense. I think the defense was better on the day overall. We got into team period. They had like four interceptions today. Um, mm. all off Trubisky, Rudolph, and, and Tanner Morgan, who practiced a lot today, and I assume we will see him again in the preseason game. But uh, that's probably really the only takeaway I have from, like, today's practice is that uh, the defense was better. The defense got their hands on the ball a lot. We saw a number of interceptions. Uh, Trenton Thompson had one. Mark Robinson had one that I think would have been a pick six on a tipped ball. Um and there's a couple more. Oh, Jonathan Marshall had one that was on a tip ball. Not every day you see a nose tackle making interceptions, so that's interesting. I think there was one more too, but I can't can't remember who grabbed the other one. Anyway, there's a lot of a lot of takeaways, but uh, not many takeaways. If if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
There we go. Well, you mentioned it was a heavy special teams day, though. So what, what yeah, was your takeaway yeah. from that, if anything else? We did see and we did hear from Mike Tomlin that Anthony McFarland will be the number one kick returner. So obviously that was probably put on display in practice today. Yeah, I mean, not live, no pads. So, like, you know, yeah. I don't know what you see. But but uh, most of the important things that happened today happened before practice when Mike Tomlin talked to us over in the Rogers Center. Uh, we're going to get the starting specialist for this game. Uh, we're going to get Calvin Austin returning punts and Anthony McFarland returning kicks. It was uh, Jordan Bird, rookie free agent out of San Diego State, who did that in both of those jobs in the first preseason game. And I would say did not do those jobs particularly well. It certainly looks like it's going to be Austin and McFarland. Those are going to be the guys. Talked to Calvin Austin today after practice a little bit. He said he's excited. He's fired up. Um, he, he feels ready uh, for that punt return job. Anthony McFarland has obviously returned kicks before for the Steelers, so not super surprising that he's in that role. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was definitely special teams heavy practice. Um, and, and also for the first time, this is for, they probably did it in their walkthrough, but this is the first time we've seen in practice them do any kind of scout team. So we got to see them run some of the Bills plays and um, – you know, how they go against the, the Steelers first team defense and then the Steelers offense trying to attack the Buffalo defense. There were a couple big plays in that period. Najee Harris had a long touchdown run. I want to talk about Najee today too. Probably get to that a little bit later, but uh, yeah. Um, lots, lots of news from Tomlin. So let's run down those first. Uh, three guys rolled out for this game, Larry Ogunjobi, Nate Herbig, and, and Trey Norwood. Everyone else is expected to play. So that is, you know, that means like six or seven guys that didn't play in that first game. T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Keanu Neal, um, DeMonte KZ, Joey Porter Jr., Chris Boswell. All those guys that didn't play in that first game are going to play in this one. That's a good sign. Um, Kenny Pickett in the first team offense going to play more. Mike Tomlin didn't commit to an amount, but it's, you know, he said more than the mm -hmm. first game. And, uh, yeah, talked talk about we will see those starting specialists. So, I mean, that's kind of the uh, – the big news of the day certainly more newsworthy than the practice uh as far as the specialists go i think that like when we came into once the steelers acquired man Braden man people were kind of thinking okay this is really to push harvin like this could mean that harvin isn't on the team this year haven't necessarily like I, I don't know what your takeaway is from that competition if you will but do you feel like we're at a point now where it pretty securely is presley harvin's job I think for those guys, especially the in-stadium reps count a lot more than what happens here at practice. They know that they can't get hit by these guys here when they're punting. And so mm -hmm. I think it's kind of fundamentally different when you're facing a live rush. And the other thing is that Presley Harvin, his good has been very good. The problem has just been consistency. So I don't think I'm willing to sit here on, you know, after one preseason game and say the job is his because if he has two bad games, you know, tomorrow and against Atlanta, then maybe it isn't his because the consistency to me is really the thing that he needs to prove. Um, but I think he has been the better of the two punters so far. And if I had to pick one right now, I, I would pick him as, as the guy. Derek, do you have a take on that? Punting. We know we know you love your punters. I, I think that it's a very smart move for the Steelers to bring in competition for Harvin. Like kind of Ireland said, I mean, the good with Presley's always been good enough, right? It's just it's just the bad, the back-breaking 20-yard punt that gets shanked towards the sideline in the third quarter of a tight game. Like Those type of things are things that drive coaches, special teams coaches, absolutely insane. So I think establishing that consistency is a really important part. The problem is even in two or three preseason games, 
there's not really a ton of reps to go off of. I mean, you're talking about a maximum of, you know, six, seven punts total. So making the most of his uh, opportunities. I have seen some tweets just from like, you know, Al and Nick, other guys at training camp saying that he has, it seems like he's had a better training camp this year than he did last year. I was personally just absolutely flabbergasted that they did not bring in competition for him last year, like real competition and just kind of handed in the job. At least this year, it seems like they wanted to push him a little bit more for some of that consistency, which I think is a good idea. Yeah. Um, Alan, would you, uh, so, cause it's interesting that Derek said about last training camp, I guess I just wasn't paying enough attention because I feel like the issue's never really been like in practice for him. It's just it translating to in game. Um, it's funny because like, we've had a conversation about And this again is just from the outside and only being able to go off tweets and stuff. Um, it always just seems like to me, like he is pretty good in practice, but it's not translating to games all the time. I think he's been inconsistent even in practice okay. early in his career. Um, he was, you know, it's interesting. He was really good his rookie year throughout training camp. Like, none of that was there. He was great. Like, like he beat out Jordan Berry that year. And, I, and I, like, I think he fairly beat him, even though he was the draft pick. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. he was better. Um, somewhere along the line, I don't know where and when, but this, this inconsistency that kind of crept in um, has been kind of ugly. And, and like, like Derek said, like it takes a lot of good to offset like a 27 yarder. Like that's, that's really bad. And so I, I think he's been much more, I have not seen him make a bad punt all training camp. He's just been very consistent. Some of them have not been like great, but, but I haven't seen any bad ones. And I think that's the big, you know, every time uh, when we stand on the sideline, we stand maybe, I don't know, five yards off the, off the sideline there. And when there's mm-hmm. a bad punt, you know, Word goes down like heads up, get out of the way because you know you're, you're going to get hit with the ball. And every time that happened, all training camp, it was four punting and not six punting. I think that's a really good sign. Maybe just shanked all his to the player side that I wasn't noticing, but uh, I, I think that's a a pretty good sign for him that he he has been much more consistent throughout training camp. He now he did not punt a braid man did all the punts in the first game against Tampa. So we'll see mm-hmm. if it can carry over. If he has a good game against Buffalo and he has a good game against Atlanta. He's the punter, and and that's that. But if not, then we'll see. Because I think Braden Mann is a very talented punter, also. So it's about, I mean, so Presley can hold him off just by obviously doing his job. Um, but yeah, yeah I want to ask you. You mentioned that you talked a little bit to Calvin Austin today. Um, what what is what was that conversation about? What did you learn there, and and what can we expect going forward? He's excited to return punts. Um, he he is. He's a young guy that hasn't played that much, and I always think um, the the things that get them in trouble are not their ability to return punts, but their decision making. I think that's where you sometimes see guys get into trouble. And so I asked him about that, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, it's important. You know, you have the entire team's possession sort of in your pocket there, where like you, it's it's your responsibility to not screw it up." And you know, he he said, "Like, look, I'm." I'm a part of this offense. I want it to be in, in good possession. Like I, I'm, I'm hurting myself if, if I don't. And so I just think he's, his, um, he has a good mindset for it. We'll see how he does. That's a position where Mike Tomlin doesn't have a lot of, um, you don't get too many mulligans. You know, if you, if you, if you make a couple big, bad mistakes, that's the end of your time as the Steelers punt returner. So again, it'll be about consistency and, and we'll see how that goes. But I think he's been solid so far when he's gotten some chances to do that. And, 
he's very excited to do it in the game. He's very excited to be at the game in general. He's been a Steeler for 15 months, and this will be his first game at Agrisure Stadium, so he's pretty fired up about that. Derek, uh, I think a few months ago you actually made a video about Calvin Austin um, and, and at this point, we're not just talking about him as a punt returner, just him as a player, you know, how electric he can be with the ball in his hands. Um, what are your thoughts on Calvin Austin heading into this season? I mean, obviously like health first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned it health, but not to spoil, you know, an article that I'm writing for the site tomorrow, but Calvin Austin's definitely still one of the players that I'm looking forward to watching most, um, in the second preseason game, just because, the debut was everything that you could have possibly hoped it would be. I mean, a 67-yard bomb for a touchdown down the left sideline. He actually led the Steelers in rushing yards uh, against the Bucks, which probably says more about the running game. But, you know, he still ripped off. I think it was about a 20-yard jet sweep as well. So yeah, the 17 and the 6. Yeah, so, I mean, just being able to create those explosive plays, that's really what the Steelers' offense has been, you know, missing and, you know, not just Calvin's ability to, you know, stretch the field vertically, but stretch it horizontally, like just getting the ball in his hands, I think is really exciting. And just selfishly for me as a football fan, I want to see him with the ball even more. So that's why I think he should return punts until we know that he can't. Um, and he did, he did return a couple kicks at Memphis, um, some of which even went for touchdowns. So I think anytime you can get the ball in a playmaker's hands like that, I'm, I'm all for it. I want to see more of it. Right. Absolutely. Um, Alan, we had a conversation. It's funny that we just had a conversation yesterday about this player and then he gets brought up by Mike Tomlin today, but Najee Harris. Um, we want to have a conversation about him because he was brought up uh, specifically by Mike Tomlin. Was he asked something about Najee and that's why he answered the way that he did in terms of his rap? He was asked, he just... she was asked about Najee by me. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe because of go. the conversation we had yesterday. I asked him, I was like, are you giving him less reps because he got hurt last year? And I thought it was a very good answer. He said, no, we're not, we're not worried about you – know, we didn't change what we do because Najee got hurt last year, and we're not worried about Najee getting hurt again this year. But he's now a third-year guy that has been in this offense for all three years. He's running behind six of the same seven blockers that he had last year or something like that. Like, it mm-hmm. is – there are there's a less need for him to have physical reps right now to be ready. And I definitely feel like there is this sort of conversation that's been brewing that Najee Harris has not been that good at Steelers training camp. And uh, I kind of wanted Mike to address it because – I don't think they need him to be very good. I don't think that they have set out to be like, oh, show us what you can do. Like they they know what he can do and they're more focused on him being ready for the year than anything else. Derek, what's your take on, on all this? Because I'm sure you've also noticed a lack of Najee Harris's name on your timeline. Yeah, it's rare because, I mean, you think about how the Steelers kind of made that run last year, right? It was really through the run game. So for him to not get any sort of hype really in training camp at all, you know, I think he only carried the ball maybe once in the opener. I, I can't even really recall. He did not any... carry the ball. He caught okay. a pass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A, that's what it was. Never yeah. The swing pass from Pickett. Um, yeah. I mean, just in general, it is a little bit odd, especially for a first round pick just a couple years ago to not generate any type of buzz. But I do think that, um, you know, Najee's rookie year when they got to the playoffs against the Chiefs you know we kind of all knew that they didn't really deserve probably to be there but Najee was really on his last kind of leg which was the opposite of last year I felt like as the season went on he was getting healthier he was kind of hitting his stride regardless of what Tomlin says I think that that 
does play a little bit into it because they do know what he can bring when he's healthy and when he's fresh. And I think the important part is, you know, the Steelers aspirations this season, I think are to make the playoffs. Uh, Those are realistic expectations and goals. And in order to do that, they kind of need Najee in this run game to kind of pilot this offense in the right direction. And I think just keeping him healthy and fresh is the most important thing that they can do right now in August. And I think the other thing is they have guys that, that, they, you know, they don't necessarily need him to work this offense. Like Jalen and 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 Ant can go run every day, and and you know, it's not like they need him to do. You know, sometimes guys have to practice because the other guys have to practice. If, if that makes sense, like you like you can't you can't practice without your center like taking a whole bunch of reps. Like it just doesn't work. Even if you don't need your center to do anything because you trust him, like he's just a part of the operation, but I think both Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland are not only going to have make this team, but have roles in this offense. So it makes sense for them to get some reps with the ones to be catching balls from Kenny Pickett, taking handoffs from Kenny Pickett, running behind the first team offensive line. Like, yeah, Anthony McFarland's third string on the depth chart, but it really does him no good to be out here running behind the three offensive line every day. Like that's, that's useless to him at this point in his career. So I think there's, there's, there's no, there's no urgency just to go see Najee Harris. Like they have, everything works without him in it as long as he's good to go week one against San Francisco. And just one more thing with that, I do wonder to the Steelers' run game in general is very direct and specific. They don't have a very multiple or varied run game. It's really pretty much just outside zone and split zone. So it's not like they're putting in a, just a ton of different run concepts or that they're going to show those in the preseason, even if they want to be more varied or multiple. Oh, we, year anyway. we put in a bunch of exotic stuff this week. Maybe you've heard of it inside zone and duo. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I just don't know how, how many reps does, does he really need on that? I mean, we saw Najee, he, he literally led the NFL last year in outside zone carries He by, by like almost a dozen. I mean, it wasn't even really that close either. So I just think allowing the backups, you know, especially Warren, like you said, he's going to have a role within this offense. I don't think it's a bad thing to, you know, get those guys more comfortable uh, getting used to the blocking from the starters. Did Tomlin say the word older when referring to Najee Harris, or was that just something that was put in the tweet that I'm looking at? I believe he said the word, maybe he said more experienced. Okay. Well, it's just funny. Like, I mean, obviously he is getting, we're all getting older, right? We're older today than we were yesterday, but like a 25 year old talking about as he gets older, it it was just funny to me when I saw that. I mean, look, I think, if you by your third year in the NFL, and especially if it's your third year We're with the same back. team, same system, mostly the same teammates, and and in a position that's not, you know, not quarterback, not middle linebacker, not free safety, where you're like doing a bunch of team stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an older guy. Like to me, like that's a guy that does not need a hundred reps in training camp to be good. Alan, I'm 28, so if he's referring to somebody that's 25 years old as older. Wash a lot worse. That's what you are. Wash. <laughs> I mean, let's if not, I was a running back right up, now, and let's not bring up what that makes me uh, a couple months away from forty. Let's just not even, not even mention that. All right. Yeah, I mean, if we were, uh, I want to talk about Anthony McFarland too, though. because didn't we get a, didn't we get a question about Anthony McFarland? We did. Uh, we got a comment. I don't okay. know if it was so much a question as a comment. So at least one person has put out a 53 man roster projection that did not have Anthony McFarland on that 53 man roster. And somebody commented on the YouTube uh, machine here talking about that. Let me find exactly what it said though. 
Um, yeah, well, they mentioned the person by name that did it. Why is he predicting Ant Mac to not make the 53-man roster? Well, I don't know because I can't speak for – it's Ray Fittipaldo from Post-Cadet. Um, I can't speak for Ray, but uh, I don't agree with that because I think Ant is a good backup a good change of pace. I think he's going to play special teams. I think that's really the big thing is that like he is a, like, uh, you know, he's going to be their starting kick returner. He's going to work probably like field goal block. He's probably going to be a protector on the punt team. Like he's got a job here to do that is beyond running back three. And I can't see this team only keeping two running backs. I just, I just can't, they never have. I, they run the ball too much for that. For me, I, I think, not only will he be on the team, I think he'll be active on game days. Yeah, I think the the special teams part is really what is being talked about here. At, at least from Ray's point of view, that's what he brought up was he doesn't think he's going to play special teams and the Steelers won't carry him as a third running back if he doesn't. I think he's going to. I mean, Mike Tomlin said he's going to be the kickoff returner. That's obviously part of special teams. I think he can be a multi-phase special teamer too. There's no reason he can't. He's fast. I mean, and the other thing is like, I think we've got to reevaluate how much we met, we think special teams matter in terms of roster construction when kickoffs are basically not going to be a thing anymore. I mean, like let's mm-hmm. be honest, like the the number of kickoffs per game that are actually going to be returned might average less than one per team. Like, I mean, that there's so I I don't know what we're, like we're not keeping people to cover kicks anymore. Like it, it's. You're now and, and field goal has never been a reason that anybody made the team. They just they make the team and then guy they pick the guys they want to be on the field goal team. So really all you got left is, you know, punt and and maybe kickoff return. I don't know. It's it's not a big deal either way. But I, I think he makes the team on both running back merit and and in special teams. Derek, this is probably got. uh yeah, I'll say this is probably it match last shot at make it's kind of a surprise that this guy's still around, right? Like, I mean, because the average shelf life for an NFL player is less than how long Anthony McFarland's been with the Steelers, and we haven't seen him play that much. So maybe it's just because he's a Maryland guy, right? Yeah. Because I don't on, know. I mean, you uh, guys hit the, hit the nail <laughs> on the head with that. I just one thing with Ant, I really did think that I, I made a short video on McFarland couple weeks ago probably a month ago i guess uh but i really thought in the preseason last year i thought that he looked pretty good uh the the jaguars game he i thought he flashed a good bit we really only saw him in the regular season against the colts but they were actually designing plays for him sort of like to get him out in the in the route concepts and stuff like they were running uh plays with where he was you know the first or second option they threw him a screen pass my biggest thing with McFarland has been, you know, now that I think the game has slowed down a little bit for him and it's helped his vision concerns coming out of college, is McFarland going to be good enough in pass protection to ever trust him on the field in third down? You know that Najee Harris, you know that Jalen Warren can be protect can be can protect the quarterback in those passing situations that they need to stay in and block. I'm not sure that I know the answer to whether or not the Steelers think that he's capable of doing that because you can't have somebody on the field in those scenarios and just automatically say, like, all right, you're going out for a route every time. Like, defenses will scheme that up to where they are attacking a bad pass protector. So that's what I want to see in the preseason from Ant. Um, but overall, like like you guys said, hit the nail on the head. Who's Who else is going to take the job from him? That's my question. Who else was on the roster prediction instead of Ant Mac? I haven't heard. There was really only two traditional running backs, and it had, like, Connor Hayward could get some carries Okay, besides those two. Yeah. I mean, Connor can run the ball, but 
I don't think anybody thinks he's a running back. Like, he's he's. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Connor's not a great pass blocker from a running back stance either. Uh, mm-hmm. If that would be the reason that you would make that exchange, so I don't know. It could happen. Um, Nick and I were talking about uh, surprise cuts today. We're probably gonna. He's probably gonna write that. At, I don't know. Maybe this weekend um, about just guys that could be potentially surprise cuts from this team. Maybe Anthony McFarland would be one of them. I think probably not though. What else we got in the in YouTube land? What What else do the people want to uh, know? So somebody else here, and this one's like right at the top. This is a more recent one that came in. Was somebody wondering why it's just like so set in stone with Mitch as the number two and Mason the number three because Mason has looked better in their opinion uh, throughout training camp and in the one preseason game. Well, because Mitch Trubisky is better at almost everything there is to be at in terms of being a quarterback than Mason Rudolph. I don't know, like. And not only that, like his salary is guaranteed. Like this is not a real competition. There's a number two quarterback and there's a number three quarterback. And that's that. I thought Mason was very good playing against Tampa's four string defense. And he did the one thing that he has always been really good at, which is throwing a deep ball and dropping in the bucket. He is good at that. Uh, I just can't see. I mean, Mitch would get like, if something happened to Kenny, Mitch would get multiple games to, to, to play before they were like, oh, it's not working. We'll go to Mason. Like that's, it's not, it's not a real, Mike Tom will tell you everything's a competition. It's, it's not a real competition. Derek. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I know there, there are still some Mason stands within Steeler Nation. And I, I respect the, I respect the grind. I really do. But like, like Alan said, I don't see this as much of a competition. Um, you know, I think that like, like he said, I think, Mitch would get multiple opportunities to kind of screw it up before they would hand the ball to Mason. Um, that's just how and Mitch how I was feel. fine when he did that last year. So yeah. I don't know why we would think that would happen. Yeah, and I think uh, definitely do want to give credit because I uh, I was joking around about some of Mason's stuff on Twitter uh, during the game, but I, I do think you know I said it to one of my buddies like watching the game. I said Mason's going to get in here and he's going to start cooking these third string bums, and that's just exactly what he did. I mean. Uh, that throw to Calvin Austin under pressure with a guy in his face to drop it, you know, really out of the sky. And, you know, Austin really barely even had to slow up for it. I mean, he had so much separation that it didn't even matter, but it was a heck of a throw. So I want to give him credit for that. Um, we're probably going to see the same thing against Buffalo. I'm just letting y'all know that's if y'all are betters out there, me, I think I'd take the Steelers just because Mason's going to get in there and probably cook the third string. Again. Let me let me say this. I think the mo- more likely than Mason Rudolph passing the Mitch Trubisky is some other team making a pass at Mason Rudolph and saying, mm. oh, our backup's hurt or we don't have a good backup situation. And now that teams can dress three, um, he may be attractive enough to somebody that they may offer something for him. He's very cheap under the salary cap. I think that is much more likely than the Steelers making him their backup quarterback. Yeah, I would agree. Um, just going down a little bit more here. Somebody mentioned how excited they are to see Quan Alexander play in dime specifically. Uh, you mentioned yeah, we- on yesterday's episode that we had, kind of started to see that like we were really curious as to what they were going to look like in different sub packages and saw that i don't did we i don't know if we touched on really how they looked in that i mean it was really like the first time that we've seen it so it was seven on seven so like yeah you know it's hard to say but uh i do think Quan, i think Quan will be the dime linebacker and i think his skill set fits it pretty well um it's a, he's a very interesting guy Derek. maybe you have some insight on this because he's a guy that i think 
if you look at like the stats and maybe some of like like PFF's tackling grade on him is just awful. And then I see him here in training camp, and I see him in the preseason. I'm like, he hits people. I think a lot of the times those grades don't take into account enough the difficulty of the assignment. Like when you have guys that are like, oh, you're a fast linebacker. Oh, that means you're going to go cover a fast athletic guy in space and then probably are going to miss more tackles as a result. If you're a Landon Roberts, then like the most aggressive pass you know, coverage assignment you might get all year is somebody's fullback. And so then you're not going to miss any tackles because it's impossible to miss that one. Is that what's happening with him? What What, what is your take on, on that, that sort of how the play doesn't really necessarily line up with, with what those numbers say? So with Quan in particular, this has kind of been my viewpoint of Quan throughout his career is that he is very, very volatile in good and bad ways. Um, he is he will play out of control. I mean, we saw the bet part of the best version of Quan in the preseason opener. Like you said, he will hit people. Like he's only listed at like 225, 230 pounds. He's relatively light, but not a big dude. At the point of contact, that dude has a violent, violent mindset. And I think that's why Steeler fans are gonna absolutely love him. Quan will also play very fast, like you said, which can lead to, you know, him being a little bit sloppy in his technique. The big thing with Quan is he will find himself out of position from time to time. You'll see some false steps. When I was watching him on tape, he was responsible for a couple of the big runs, just getting out of his gap because he'll oftentimes try to like undercut a blocker and make a play from the backside. And if you're going to, you know, do that, you absolutely have to make the play. If you don't, you know, you open up a huge lane for the running back and coverage. Quan's a good athlete, but I think the Steelers between him and Holcomb, I think they have solid athletes at linebacker. I'm not sure either one of them are particularly instinctive in coverage, which is a little bit problematic, but I think I prefer Quan's skill set at least a little bit more over Holcomb who, in my opinion, was probably one of the more disappointing players in the opener. I thought that Holcomb kind of struggled a little bit, um, just was a little bit all over the place with his eyes. So uh, Quan's volatile. He'll have some really good games. He'll probably have some some bad games as well. But um, overall, for the vet men, I don't think that they could have done anything better. I mean, he I, I thought he played extremely well in the opener. I'm excited to see what he looks like going forward. And I talked to Mark Robinson and uh, today, and I'm just – I'm going to get everyone excited about this, but Mark Robinson is obviously, he's like the puppy dog following those three big dogs around, right? Where it's his, it's his second year as a pro, second year with the Steelers and third year playing linebacker in a room with Holcomb, Roberts, and, and Quan Alexander. And he made a nice play. Oh, that, was that the interception I left out? Mark? No, I did say his. His was, no, you said, probably yeah. would have been a pick six on a, on a ball that was tipped to the line of scrimmage. He is, you know, right in the right spot and, and grabbed it and ran with it. But, um, he was like, yeah, man, I'm going to try to take something from all their games. Like, I'm, I'm, over, I'm like, got like a shopping list. Like, I want, I want that from him. I want that from him. And I'm like, if he does that with his natural athleticism, like, he could turn into a really good player because he's got some good mentors there. And it's like, you know, like, like Derek was saying, like, it's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And like, th- none of those guys are complete players, mostly because none of them are like elite athletes. If you could put their traits on an athlete like Mark Robinson, you would be getting somewhere near like elite linebacker play. Yeah. yeah I want your all's take on this just because this is just something that's been kind of bothering me a little bit throughout the summer and offseason in general. 
Um, every time I hear Mark Robinson get asked by like a reporter to Tomlin or to Tara Austin, it seems like they kind of, I don't say shoot it down, but I don't know how else to explain it where it's like, they pump the brakes on like, you know, could he have a role? They pump the brakes immediately on it. Why do you guys think that is? And then also, you know, Mark Robinson was out there getting snaps like late in the second half against the Bucks, And I just wonder, do we in the media or in the fan base, do we have a higher impression of Mark Robinson than the coaching staff does? And why do you think that is? I think there's a level of excitement for Mark Robinson that com- that is shared. I think the coaching staff is very excited about him. I think the coaching staff does not want to play him. <laughs> like okay. I, I would be not, I would not be surprised if like we, especially maybe not the 49ers, but like, you know, like Bengals week, like we're probably not going to see much of Mark Robinson. Like, you know, like the, I, I think it's going to be his, his playing time is going to be very sheltered. He is still a guy that very much is learning on the job that makes a lot of mistakes. Even if he makes a lot of good plays, um, that's not a position like you're talking about, like mistakes lead, mistakes lead to splash. Like, you know, when you're responsible for a big hunk of the center of the defense, um, can't be in the wrong place too often. He's still learning. That's why I think the coaching staff is definitely pumping the brakes on like the Mark Robinson height train. Like he is, there is, there are in the Steelers linebacker room, there's like one, a one B one D one, a one B one C and 14. Like that's about how the coaching staff has those guys ranked. Like it's, it's not close. He's not going to play hardly at all, but I think they're excited about him long-term as like, because of the athleticism, because of his mindset, he just loves to hit. He's a football lover. He fits in with exactly what they want from that position, but he's nowhere near a finished product in, in their mind. And I think the idea of like big reps for Mark Robinson against a team that's not like last year's Ravens offense, where they just want to run the ball, kind of terrifies them. Here's how I'm viewing it, Alan. You will appreciate this. This might okay. be an awful analogy, but this is one that is very. I appreciate all analogies, show. even awful ones. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of our listeners or watchers, depending on what platform they're listening to or watching on. Mark Robinson is the best possible vehicle that can be sent into us. This person has been working on this. They just started a little bit ago. They're working on this vehicle and they're not unveiling it until it's absolutely perfect. That's right. This is their baby project. They've got, they've got like, you know, one stripe and a sticker and that's (laughs) it. Like they're, they're not, they're not they're not there yet. And I think that's that's yeah. a good analogy for where the Steelers are with Mark Robinson. They got big plans. They got big plans. Uh they did not invest a lot of money in the in the in the base product, but they are investing mm-hmm. a lot of time and getting it to where it wants to be, and they're excited about where it's going. But excited about where it's going is very different than ready to be displayed right now. And I think that's exactly why when you ask a Steelers coach about Mark Robinson, it's like, slow down, calm down, like we don't know what we have yet. Could be really fun on special teams this year, though. I could see yeah. like him and Nick Herbig like running down covering punts next to each other. Like that that sounds like a lot of fun to me. That sounds like some guys wrecking some stuff. Um, Alan, I won't ask you this until tomorrow, but Derek, before we get out of here, preseason game versus Buffalo, give me one thing that you're most looking forward to. Joey Porter Jr. This is literally my article for tomorrow, but Joey Porter Jr. is at the very top. I I want to see 
how far he's came with his footwork. And I want to see, you know, what his technique looks like at the line of scrimmage. I want to see if they let him play with the starters, like when they go. Because, I mean, Buffalo is going to probably play more 12 personnel with Kincaid this year than they did last year. But I want to get him some reps against Stephon Diggs. I'm sure Porter's ready to go up against some other receivers other than Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Uh, so I want to see what it looks like against Diggs. Just throw him into the fire um, and just – for better or worse, let him get some reps. So uh, Porter's um, tape will definitely be the very first thing that I watch uh, whenever I get that the day after the game. So he's definitely number one on my list. Porter's going to see that 14 across from him and think it's still Pickens in practice and he's going to fist fight Stephon Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Um, all right, well, let's leave it at that. We don't want you to ruin any of this article that people absolutely need to read at SteelersNow.com, but uh, Alan and Derek, we'll start with Derek. Tell people where they can find you, and I don't know that you need to necessarily say where people can find you work, because now we know. This is the home. Yeah, this is home, man. So SteelersNow.com, y'all can read everything that I'm writing. Plenty of analysis, plenty of breakdowns and stuff coming your way. Um, also, my Twitter handle is Steelers underscore DB for, the, for those that don't follow me on there. So, And Alan? At Ace Unders underscore PGH on Twitter and Instagram. At PGH Steelers Now is the site's account on Twitter and on YouTube. SteelersNow.com is where all my work lives, where this video will live. And, uh, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. It was a lot of fun doing this every day here. Um, my little mm -hmm. dugout is right over there. It's full of, like, crates because we're packing up. But uh, this, was, this was the most fun I've had covering training camp. I feel like doing this show was a lot of part – was a big part of it. It's been great interacting with the people. Love the comments, love the questions. We need more cars. Keep them coming. I'm I'm determined to to get more cars. And we're gonna. Smitty, I've been working on. It. We're gonna we're gonna make like an official ranking graphic or something so that we can give people their their rank. Steelers afternoon drive certified vehicle. Maybe that would be if we get if we get someone to put our logo on there oh oh yeah oh, yeah you it's come coming. on the show if you're willing to do that <laughs> it's it's coming i'll get some stickers made up right I, I i need to get some stickers made up that's i think that's where we're at here the uh the listeners and viewers are still in training camp mode too so once we we're, we're about to get it really start ramping it up season. and we'll yeah yeah, yeah. We'll get it going. You guys can find me at Zachary Smith PGH. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Leave us a like. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss this video, all the Steelers afternoon drives, any other content that gets put out of the channels, whether that's, well, I would say camp reports, but practice reports, uh, any other content that you guys can find on the channel. Leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else. All that good stuff. For Derek Bell, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.